Hi, I'm Abby, and you're listening to the Fitness Drifter Podcast, a body confidence podcast for men where I try to help you shift away from stressing about things like weight, body image, abs, and dieting to focusing on feeling fitter, healthier, and happier, and using nutrition and exercise as a positive force in your life. Welcome back to another episode. If you hear some background noise, that is one of my neighbors doing some gardening work. I am recording this episode on a Saturday morning in summer, and apparently every single one of my neighbors decides to get out their loudest lawn tools on Saturday morning. So here we are. So if you do get any background noise or distraction or anything like that, I'm sorry, that is what is happening. You can take it up with my neighbor. You'll notice a repeat trend in the episodes I've been putting out recently. They're mainly focused around body image, feeling comfortable in your own skin, and practicing body positivity. I've talked about fat shaming, I've talked about body dysmorphia, I've talked about body positivity in recent weeks. and a lot of that's prompted by my own work recently that I'm kind of doing on my own body and trying to feel more comfortable. As I mentioned, pretty much every episode, I did have surgery to remove loose skin from my chest and abdomen after my weight loss. And, you know, just the idea of being happy with my body shape and feeling comfortable with it, it's it's still a slightly alien concept. So I'm having to do a lot of work on that. And yes, I know having surgery to make yourself feel better about your body is a touchy topic and I do cover that in previous episodes so let's just sidestep that for this one and let's just focus on the main point that I am just basically doing a lot of work on trying to get comfortable with my own body and that's kind of why the episodes I've been putting out recently have been focused around these topics around body image. So bringing all that together I wanted to talk about male body image or men's body image and body goals. I'll start with my own experience and history. I cover in pretty much every episode, so I'm not going to go into a deep dive on any of this, but the very short version is that I lost 140 pounds. I was very conscious of my weight when I was at my heaviest. I became more sensitive about my body image as I lost weight because I had a lot of positive reinforcement, you know, praising me for my weight loss. I got down to sort of size small or size extra small in most clothing brands, but I still felt like I needed to lose weight. I had loose skin, which I had removed from my chest and abdomen in March 2022. It did improve my confidence dramatically, but I am still prone to body dysmorphia or body dysmorphic disorder now and then, and is something I'm working on. There is a lot more to it than that, but for the sake of not repeating myself, that covers kind of the key things that are probably most helpful to know for now. So I was conscious of my weight and to some extent my body shape throughout, and I still am. A lot of it has gone away since my surgery, and I did talk about that in a previous episode, but... Let's look at my goals throughout sort of this whole time and this experience. When I decided to do something about my health, it was just basically lose as much weight as quickly as possible. And that includes all the failed attempts, which I had before I was finally successful. And when I talk about setting goals and good and bad goals to chase, I'll talk a bit more about that as well. But once I kind of got my successful start, which was with Slimming World, as I was losing weight and making progress, I kind of became a bit more accepting of slower weight as long as it was still going in the right direction because I was making progress I knew I had something that was working and it wasn't too difficult to stick to, um, but then I wanted to go out a bit more, have a few more treats, and I was kind of getting a bit bored of the food I was eating. Because of the progress I had made, a lot of the emotional distress that my weight was causing me had started to go away, so I felt a lot more comfortable taking it a bit slower. You know, I think when someone starts a diet or a health kickstart and they start in an extreme fashion, there's quite a lot of negative emotions that go into that. So once I lost some weight and made some progress and kind of knew I had something that was working, it kind of took that edge off and it made me more comfortable with actually just being able to go out and enjoy myself a little bit more. Throughout that time, I was mainly focused on the number on the scales. When I started exercising, I gradually shifted away from specifically weight loss to just being as lean or skinny or as small as possible. I wasn't sure what weight I wanted to get to, but I just knew I wanted to be skinny. And this is where I started to develop some slightly obsessive exercise patterns and some disordered eating habits as well. 
and I will talk about aesthetic goals and issues around them shortly as well. When I started exercising and I had that main goal of just trying to get skinny, I did have some performance goals as well. To me, they felt like they were secondary to that main goal of just getting skinny, but I did have some. So they were things like being able to run for 30 minutes without needing to stop for a walk, being able to run a 10K in under an hour, being able to run 10K in under 50 minutes, deadlifting 150 kilograms, completing my first Spartan race or obstacle run without needing to skip any obstacle, completing all three Spartan race distances. So at that time, the time I did it, I there were three, it was a five to eight K, a 10k and half marathon distance. If you do all three in a calendar year, it's called a trifecta. So I wanted to get that. Touching my toes without needing to bend my knees. Yep, my flexibility was genuinely that bad. And then being able to do one, well, being able to do my first pull up, then being able to do five, and then being able to do 10. And what's interesting is that when I had a specific performance goal, I was able to set out a plan and usually get there. I didn't ever really seem to get anxious or stressed or annoyed or emotional about them in the same way I did about my weight or trying to get skinny. And it could be because I said to myself that weren't my main goal, but when I think about it, my training focus was around them. So the way I was eating, the way I was training, the way my workouts were, my rest and recovery, they were very tailored to those specific goals. And so even though I kept saying that being skinny was my main goal, from my habits and my actions, you'd probably think it wasn't. But, you know, I enjoyed t chasing those goals. They were very specific and I knew what my inputs needed to be to achieve that specific end result. Whereas my aesthetic goals were a bit more vague and left me just kind of chasing a constantly moving target, losing as much weight as I can as quickly as possible, losing as much weight as I can, but at a slightly slower, but acceptable pace, trying to get as skinny as possible. That left me chasing kind of just the idea that, you know, there will always be some part of me that I need to try and drink down. I think that's probably an issue with aesthetic goals in general. You know, most of, well, pretty much everything I've started with health and fitness came from chasing an aesthetic goal. So first it was weight loss, then it was skinniness, then it was shrinking down to a certain size. And even at the minute, I still have one, which is just to actually try and put on a little bit of muscle. So that's kind of completely new to me trying to actually eat to gain weight. And that generally tends to be what most aesthetic fitness goals are. If I, you know, if I remember correctly, I can't think of any that aren't. It's usually just trying to either make part of you bigger or make part of you smaller. And some of that does actually come from pseudoscience. The worst one is when someone says that they want to tone up. I'm using air quotations for that, which basically means they want to stay roughly the same size, but they just ha want to have a little bit more definition. And the problem is that that's chasing an aesthetic goal, but muscles don't technically tone. You can't convert muscle into fat. You can't convert fat into muscle. Muscles only get bigger, smaller, stronger, weaker, tighter or looser, I guess, in terms of range of motion flexibility. And the amount of fat you have covering them increases or decreases. So the, I'm using air quotations again, the toned look comes from gaining a little bit of muscle and losing some of the fat that's over those muscles. So you can still get to that sort of end aesthetic result, but if you kind of have in your head that you're going to tone your muscles, you're chasing a goal based on science that isn't even real. And you end up still doing the same thing. You're trying to make one part of you bigger, your muscles, even if just a little bit, and make one part of you smaller, which is just basically losing the body fat that's over those muscles. And one of the problems with aesthetic goals is that they're often focused on a result or an output that's not something that you can guarantee. You can train as hard as you want and follow the perfect workout plan and perfect diet, but you can't guarantee, for example, that your biceps are going to grow exactly to a specific size that you're aiming for. You can follow the perfect workout plan and follow the perfect diet and map your calories exactly. That doesn't mean you're going to lose weight or fat at the exact rate that you're planning to or aiming to. Yes, you can kind of go in the right direction, but you're not going to be able to say, right, I'm having, I'm going to burn off exactly this many calories. I'm going to eat exactly this many calories, and I'm going to end up losing exactly this much weight at exactly this pace. It's not quite exact as that. 
Plus with that one, you also can control what areas your body will lose fat from or in what order. And that is something that a lot of the time we forget. And another problem with aesthetic goals is that they often come from a deeper emotional standpoint. Not being happy with your body can intertwine with depression, anxiety, self-esteem issues. And, you know, to be honest, that can interlink with your whole personality. It's kind of coming from a place of saying that you're not happy about part of you and therefore you want to change it. But we don't have 100% direct control over the output. So we can't control exactly how quickly our body will lose fat or from where. We can't control exactly how big our biceps will grow or how quickly. We can control how we feel ourselves, we can control how we train, we can control how we recover. We can say, I'll eat X number of calories, train Y times, uh, sleep eight hours a night and stick to that. And that sets us in the right direction and we can keep track of our goals, but we can't say exactly, I'll eat this many calories, train this many times, burn off this many calories, sleep this much, and I'll lose exactly this much weight by a certain point. It doesn't work like that, unfortunately. So that's aesthetic goals. Now let's look at performance goals and you'll see something kind of similar. You can set a training plan. You have a hell of a lot of control over the things that you input, how you train, when you train, how often you train, what you eat, how you eat. And you can definitely track your progress and tweak things as you need to, if something's not heading in the direction you want it to or not as quickly, but you can't specifically decide how quickly you'll get to your goal or how far you'll get. You know, that's why everyone who runs hundred meters doesn't do it at the exact same time. That's why you all don't have Olympic gold medals for it. That's why not everyone has the same level of strength or can lift the same weights, regardless of following an identical training or nutrition plan. You know, going back to the aesthetics, that's why two people can follow the exact same diet and training plan and not look the same. When I got into running, I had some clear and specific goals. Run for 30 minutes without needing to stop and walk. Run 10K in under one hour. Run 10K in under 50 minutes. I did hit all three. And by the way, 10K is my favorite running distance because... It takes my body a while to warm up. All of my 10Ks, my second half, my second 5K is usually five, 6% quicker than my first half. My body takes that long to actually warm up in a run. So 5Ks are too short and I get bored after 10K. So 10K is about right for me. Nice little anecdote for you there. But with those 10Ks and with my running plan, you know, I had a specific training plan in place. I was going to run X number of times per week. I was going to do low impact cardio twice a week. I was going to stretch three times a week and I was going to do strength training a couple of times as well. A lot of my workouts during this were sort of doubled up. So I do like cardio and then a little bit of strength or cardio and then some stretching. And I could see improvements pretty much every week, but I didn't know how quickly I was going to get to running under an hour or how quickly I was going to get to running uh, 10K in under 50 minutes or how much quicker than 50 minutes I could actually get. My best official time is 48 minutes and one second, by the way. So it is pretty decent and I am happy with that. I did an untimed one, so it didn't have like one of those timer chips that you put in your shoes. That came in at 47 minutes and 20 seconds, but because it wasn't officially timed, I'm skeptical of counting it. But yeah, so 47, 48 minute mark. But again, I control the inputs, but I couldn't control the exact outputs. So let's talk about why goals are important and why it's important that we also set the right goals. Goals, they help you make progress and for pretty much anything, fitness or otherwise, and they do help keep you on track. But it's really important that we set the right kind of goals when we're looking at this. The problem with out and out aesthetic goals is that you're usually starting from a negative self-perception. It's usually like you don't like the way part of you looks, so you just want to change it. I am pretty vain and I don't deny it, especially since I had my surgery. The confidence I've gotten since then has actually made me more vain. And if I said that hasn't happened, I'd be lying. But I don't think I dislike my body or appearance anywhere near as much as I used to. Every failed weight loss attempt started from being desperately unhappy with my appearance and wanting to lose all of my excess weight pretty much overnight. I wasn't really thinking about my health or my lifestyle. I was just thinking about my appearance. I didn't want the weight gone. 
And that's a very toxic and unhelpful way of approaching these kinds of things because you want to think about your overall health. You want to think about the life you're living. You're going to want to think about what it's going to take to get to a certain goal. And you want to think about what your life is going to be like when you get to that goal. You can go on an extreme crash diet to lose a lot of weight very quickly, but there's a good chance you're going to hate the whole process because of how drastic a change it is and how little joy there is in your life. You might actually just burn out and quit and then go back to what you're doing before and not actually have lost much or any weight. Other option, you'll get to your target weight, but because of how you found the process, you might just go back to your old lifestyle and gradually put that weight back on again. But yeah, generally aesthetic goals quite often, I'd probably say more often than not, they start from a negative emotional point. So it's often from just disliking part of you. You know, for some people that's great. It gives them fuel, you know, it fires them up to actually achieve their goal. But for a lot of people, it's actually, you know, trying to base a goal purely on vanity or purely on aesthetics is it, it sets you up more for an emotional roller coaster. The upside of having performance goals is that you're less likely to be starting from a point of view of wanting to change something that you see as a flaw and instead looking at improving or building on something that you have. So it's less likely to come from a place of disliking an aspect of yourself and more likely to come from a place of wanting to develop yourself. Um, not always, I don't deal in absolutes. So I'm going to add that little disclaimer that it's not hundred percent true all the time. As an example, saying something like I want to get skinny is starting from a negative place where saying I want to build my bench press and hit hundred kilograms. And that's starting from a point of view of saying I want to grow and develop, not saying I need to kind of drastically change part of me. By the way, I'm nowhere near hundred kilograms uh, on bench press. Like, you know, when someone says, do you even lift? That is definitely referring to me. Now, it's not my place to say don't have aesthetic goals. They were the emotional kickstart for my health and fitness journey. That emotion is what gave me that kickstart. So I can't you know, completely discount it. And it's not my place to tell anyone else to not have certain goals. But maybe take the benefit of my experience and try not to have only aesthetic goals and maybe don't make it your primary focus. If you focus on performance goals and you train and eat accordingly, it's likely that your appearance will start to reflect that over time, just naturally. Like when I was training for the Spartan races, I was doing, you know, a lot of different kinds of training that I hadn't done before. So I was doing like, you know, sort of what you would kind of bracket as functional training. So things like kettlebells, body weight, circuits. I was running, you know, I was also doing all these things that were training with a much more specific purpose, even though I thought my primary goal was just, was just to get skinny. Number one, I enjoyed my food. Number two, I enjoyed my training. Number three, my body shape did change. I did gain some muscle. I did get leaner when I was going through that process, just because I was more focused on, I guess, that positive development. And I think gymnasts are a pretty great example as well. It is so common amongst the guys that are into fitness to want to have arms and shoulders like male gymnasts do. Now, I've never done any gymnastics training myself and no one I think would ever want to see me do that. But from what I've read, gymnasts don't focus on trying to train for aesthetics. So they don't train to get their arms or shoulders in a certain looking a certain way. They just train and eat for their specific goal, which is to be the best at the sport and their body adapts and follows accordingly. Yep. Same with weight loss. If you enjoy running, for example, and you start to run regularly and fuel yourself appropriately for your runs and focus on performance, it's likely that your body will start to reflect that. So let's look a little bit at setting goals as well. So first of all, your goals are your own and it's not my place to tell you what you should or shouldn't aim for. But like I said, both with performance and aesthetic goals, you can have them as a long-term goal, but you don't have 100% direct control over if or when you reach that goal. You can, however, control your inputs. You can control how many times you'll train, you can control what exercises you'll do. You can control how many calories you'll have. You can control what foods you'll have. You can control your bedtime, hydration, caffeine intake. And if you prioritize focusing on these input goals, 
which are something that you have direct control over and something that you can hold yourself accountable for, they will set you on the path to your bigger goal, whether it's performance or aesthetics. And when you build those habits around those input goals, it becomes easier to tweak the parameters to help you get to that bigger goal. Also, what you might find is that your lifestyle and your health dramatically change pretty naturally just as a result of these healthy habits. I kind of lost my path there on that last bit, so let's just bring this back to point to wrap up. So first of all, aesthetic goals are common. They often come from a negative emotional place, so it's something to be careful of. Performance goals can be better because they're less about fixing a perceived flaw and more likely to be about building or developing or improving something. Aesthetic goals coming from emotions can give you that kickstart, but you really want something more positive to aim for. You don't want to be starting from a negative point saying you're flawed and everything be about just trying to rectify that flaw. Whatever your performance or aesthetic goal is, remember that we don't have 100% direct control over if or when we get there. We can control the inputs and the parameters, but it's not a 100% exact science to get to those goals. So even if you have a bigger aesthetic or performance goal, it's important to have goals around your inputs, around your training, nutrition, sleep, hydration, as that's something we have direct input and direct control over. And the healthy habits you build from aiming for those input goals, whether that's training regularly, you know, more mindful of nutrition, better and more regular sleep or sleep hygiene, they'll have an ongoing long-term health benefit beyond just what that current bigger goal you're aiming for is. I have set and tried for pretty much any and every kind of fitness aesthetic goal there is. So if you want some help or some feedback on setting goals for yourself, please do feel free to reach out. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. As a one-man army, I really could do with all the help I can get, and you would be doing me a huge favor if you could leave a review or a rating to help me get the word out. You won't just be helping me, you might help other men show themselves some kindness and appreciate their bodies more in the process too. Thanks again.